Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined by my co-host Alex and we are here to discuss our top 10 favorite Giants of all time, although we really haven't been alive that long, so I shouldn't really say of all time, but since we've been alive, the top 10 players that we've you know enjoyed the most watching, and we also have some other quick news that we're going to get in the way, but that's the big thing of this episode um, to talk about. Of our time. Yes, Alex, as he hit me in chat with that. Alex, how are you? I'm doing good. You know, I, I, I was confused what to call it as well. I was like, oh, yeah, of our time. Top 10 players of our time. So only players that we witnessed with our own eyes on the television. Not old highlights, nothing like that. So you're not going to see any LT on here. You're not going to see even probably Michael Strahan because even he was a little bit too early for us, actually. Um, but, yeah. Hopefully it's interesting and gives you kind of a different perspective because I'm guessing most people who are listening are not exactly our age. So uh, it'll give an interesting perspective for sure. But we, we've got a couple things to talk about first. Yeah, we do have a couple things to talk about. And I guess we should actually start with um, something we don't have written down. And that is that the Giants announced that they are going to have FanFest. More importantly, Eli Manning in a nice little promotional video um, that the Giants were going to have FanFest. And I guess we should start out by talking about that whole situation as it went down. Um, they released a tweet and video attached to that to uh, people who are signed up to the Giants newsletter, Instagram, and uh, what is it? I guess Facebook and Twitter. I didn't see the Facebook because I don't really look at Facebook, but Instagram and Twitter, I saw that they released it on and I got the email as well uh, with the video with Eli Manning. Fun, uh, uh, funnily, I was about to say. <laughs> um, funny little Eli, uh, Eli Manning promotional video of him kind of proposing the idea to Giants I guess like media members in a, in a meeting room. And um, yeah, I think it's a great idea. It looks like that'll be the one and only, or will be the one and only open training camp access compared to what usually happens where it's maybe three or four different days uh, where you can see open training camp practices, but it looks like that's going to be one and done. Um, is that because of Joe judge and he wants to hide his schemes and everything that he's choosing? I don't think so. I think it's just one day that, um, 
Giants can, you know, get the fans, you know, into it. And I feel like I f- maybe it's just me. I I feel like this is a great event. Um, you know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like everyone's been saying that. I mean, Alex, you you can talk about your thoughts on the event a little bit. We have to go into the the personal stuff of things and how that went. Um, but obviously. I want to initially get your thoughts on it and then we kind of have to go deeper because I just kind of got into uh, the releasing of how it was going, not the process that followed that within like the 24 to 48 hours after the fact. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it sounds like an exciting event, but if you look like, you know, it's vague for sure, right? We don't exactly know what's going to happen. The only thing we know for sure is that there's going to be ex-giants there. There's going to be current giants practicing for two hours, and then there's going to be fireworks. That's all we know at the moment. There Could there be additional stuff going on? Maybe. If not, still sounds like a fun time, uh, especially considering you can get in for free, just like training camp, and they have a couple additional things as well, it seems like. And it's kind of nice that they're doing it at MetLife Stadium. Um, you know, it would be cool to be, you know, not at MetLife Stadium for, you know, this type of event, but it's also kind of cool that they're going to be able to have a large amount of people there. It sounds like 50,000 people will be attending, um, or at least that's the amount of people that signed up. You know, obviously, because it's free, people could sign up and just not show up, which is a, you know, definitely a likely thing that will happen with at least a few thousand people. But there's a lot of diehard Giants fans that are going to be going to this event. It's nice that they, you know, gave it out for free. Parking is free. Everything's free. But there was definitely some technical issues for the first, I'd say, 24 to 48 hours, like you mentioned, Josh, where you just could not get them. You know, you'd get the the three dots of death. Uh, I know Josh is texting me about it because he heard about it first, and then he texted me about it. I was like, oh, what is this? And, you know, I saw it. And, you know, when you try to get the tickets, it's just like the three dots for, like, forever. And you're refreshing, refreshing, trying to figure out how to do it. You know, everyone's desperately doing it. And then there's some points where it said you couldn't add it to your cart anymore. There were some points where it just showed up like there was no none left. The Giants came out on Twitter and said that, you know, we're going to accept everyone, which turned out to be a lie. But uh, they, they said they were going to accept everyone. Everyone would get in. So that calmed down everyone who was going crazy about it. I think eventually the next day, I think the next morning is when I finally got them. Um, and I know Josh got them probably like a few hours before me because uh, he got it early in the morning, I want to say, and I got them kind of midday. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully I'm, I'm like 75, 80% sure that I'm going to be attending. Um, you know, I'm excited. I got the tickets luckily. And obviously if I don't, if I some, for some reason don't go, I would give them away um, to someone. I don't know. I'm sure there's people looking for tickets because it was a very highly uh, coveted event. And uh, I'm excited to go for sure, though. Yeah, I got them the night before, Alex. I got them the night of uh, release because the Giants came out with a statement uh, saying like, oh, everyone's going to be let in. And then I was following LPG's uh, tweets. And then he eventually said, oh, guys, keep trying, keep trying. It eventually works. And then it was my dad and I on probably a total of three screens, um, you know, trying to get the tickets. And my dad actually, my, my dad's uh, tickets went through for two people. And he got it. And then that's when I texted you, Alex. And you're like, yeah, I'll try tomorrow. It wasn't really working. Uh, and then you got it eventually tomorrow. And don't worry, we'll get into the... Because uh, you were saying, actually, talking, speaking of yourself, um, you know, there's going to be a few thousand since it's free to probably not go um, to the event. But yeah, the New York Giants, they, it seemed like they weren't expecting this to blow up the way it did. 
like they went into this process, you know, maybe they thought they would get a couple thousand, um, you know, to sign up, maybe 10,000. Like, I don't know what they were expecting because the site immediately crashed. Um, and I'm not, you know, like a website builder or, a, um, you know, any of that type of stuff, software, you know, stuff. So I can't back up you know, how it, uh, how it worked. I'm not going to yell at the site because everyone I saw was like in the comments saying, Oh, this site sucks. A giants, you know, say, Oh my God, like how can it, you know, it's, it's a hard, you know, it's, it's a hard thing when thousands of people are crashing the site at the same time to get the same result. So I'm not going to blame the giant staff whatsoever because of that. I just don't, it's crazy. They just weren't expecting this. And I think it is a really big thing that they're going to get a turnout of 50,000 people, if not more, hopefully. Um, and then I guess that leads us to our point, Alex, which we'll talk about a little bit. Um, this is this leads to personal stuff. So I am going. I am going with my father. I think it's going to be a very, very exciting, fun event. And I'm hoping that um, my dream is for my dad to meet Eli Manning, uh, which Alex you know, made a comment on already, which, yes, obviously it's not going to happen, but it would be super cool because I, uh, I know my dad would love that, obviously, seeing him in both of the Super Bowls. Um, and yeah. It's basically that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I have to explain why it would be cool for my dad to meet Eli Manning. All right, so let's uh, we'll, we'll go on to the other thing, and that is now Saquon once again in the news because he said that his future endorsements, wherever they, are, you know, whatever they are, he's going to be taking them in Bitcoin, which is an interesting strategy, especially because right now that market is all over the place. Buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. He wants to take all of that money that he gets from every single future endorsement and just invested in Bitcoin. So I think that's a bold risk to take. I know a lot of people are into this market now. I'm sure Alex will have some some thoughts on it more than me because he's more of a stock person here. I know you, you're into stocks, Alex. I know you have not gone into the Bitcoin though. Um, and what is- That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's a highly volatile market. You know, I, I don't- Question. I, I'm, I'm no- just yeah. real quick. And um, I just want to know, what is it? I'm, I'm, the name is slipping off my tongue. What is that type of, uh, you know, current? Cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. So I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call myself a, a you know, you know, I, you know I, I don't like to gloat. But, you know, I, I sometimes dabble in a little bit of the financial industry. <laughs> but just say you're into stocks. I don't know. I am into it. I am into yeah. it. And I think, you know, from the professionals, not even coming out of my mouth, you know, Bitcoin and those cryptocurrencies are kind of volatile. And, you know, when a majority of his money comes from endorsements, right, he makes $10 million a year from endorsements. Maybe his new contract will have that. But currently, due to his rookie contract, he makes more money from endorsements than he does from his actual just playing football, right? Or, you know, I guess they're connected. But I think it's kind of risky to put over 50% of your, like, everything, all of your earnings into Bitcoin. You know, I'd understand 10%. It's like one of those things that he's either going to go, he's going to be like one of the, you know, those sports billionaires He's going to be like a LeBron James, or he's going to be, you know, trying to think of a sports player who just lost all their money. I'm sure there are um, that I can't think of. Well, I guess what, when you just mentioned that, and we can go back to the Saquon stuff, um, I think I can find a player that's about to lose most of their money. And I think we should talk about this. I know this isn't Giants news specifically, but I, Alex, I think we have to go over this. Have you seen the Richard Sherman news and video? Oh yeah, he's about to lose all of his money. Yeah. So um, if you if you if you've been living under a rock with an NFL news, uh, NFL star Richard Sherman, uh, he issued an apology after his arrest, um, speaking you know that he has mental health issues. 
Um, but he does face charges after being arrested um, after multiple, uh, I, I guess, I have to find the claims. You know, we're kind of going off here. I didn't have this written down, but I mean, you just mentioned losing all their money and that's the first thing that came to my head. It was his girlfriend, I think, or his wife um, who called 911 saying he would threaten to hurt her. He would threaten to kill himself. He, he threatened to hurt his his um, his father-in-law. And then a video was released of Sherman at, which was terrifying, by the way, um, at the house of um, of the father-in-law and violently, you know, pushing the door, trying to shove the door and, you know, repeatedly saying, come through. And, you know, like obviously someone to come outside, I wanted to probably fight and kill. It looked like with the intent that he had there. Um, but that was just insane. Like, um, you know, I don't mean to take the situation and make it funny whatsoever, Alex, but, uh, can you just imagine like a six foot, whatever he is, six foot three, 200 pound Richard Sherman repeatedly banging on your door and slamming himself, um, and all his weight into your, into your doorframe. I would be a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. You know, I've always never been the biggest Richard Sherman fan. I know it's a popular thing to say now, but Richard Sherman has never just, you know, his whole Crabtree thing, and that always just turned me off, right? Like, he just doesn't seem like, I mean, and my suspicions were confirmed. He doesn't seem like the most classy guy. Um, And, you know, I I wouldn't feel great about a Richard Sherman just slamming into my door. I'll tell you that. I would not feel great. Have you seen the video? I have not, actually. I've just tried to avoid that whole situation, to be honest. Can you, can you just take a look? I'll stall in between. But I okay. go on either anything. I mean, I'm sure TMZ has it. I mean, look up Richard Sherman on Google. You'll find it. Um, but, like, watch that while, while, you know, you're in your little, um, you know, quiet place right now <laughs> as I go through, um, you know, the other stuff. So here's another thing from PFF that we have pulled up, and they – talked about three New York Giants players to build around. Now, Alex, I'll also pose this question to you. I don't know if I like this list that much. Um, I'm not going to lie. The three players that they mentioned were Kenny Galladay, which is like, okay, just got the you know contract from the New York Giants. He's, he's not the youngest guy. And I would feel like when you're talking about, you know, players to build around, you're looking for like young players, maybe going to their second or third year. That's not Kenny Galladay. I mean, he's 27 years old. He's an NFL veteran. I understand. Yeah, build around him. He's an NFL veteran. But let's see what he does with his contract first. James Bradbury, I agree with. And then you have Leonard Williams um, on there as well. I don't agree with the one-third of Kenny Galladay. I guess the rest, James Bradbury, Leonard Williams, just coming off his new contract as well that he got the extension um, is good. But besides that, I, I, I don't like the, the Kenny Galladay, but the other two is, I'm fine with. And then other, you know, main sport news is Colin Coward. He's a crazy man anyway. Not like in that way, but in the mental health way of Richard Sherman. But like the, the some of the sports claims, obviously you got to be bold to be in the sports world, but the, the claims that Colin Coward makes on a daily basis is just absurd. Um, so I wouldn't take this with uh, full, you know, I trust this source, but he predicted that the Giants will go eight and nine and finish third in the NFC East. Um, so, Alex, have you seen the video? I have seen the video, and I do agree it is quite frightening. Um, Richard Sherman seemed to have lose, lost a lot of control. Let's just say that. That's all I'm going to say on that. 
for the three players, I mean, I agree. I think Saquon probably has to be in there. Uh, for me, at least, I get he's injury prone, but he's still a young player and one of the best running backs in the league. Colin Coward, I'm just like, there's no, like, I'm not going to waste my energy with him. He just makes ridiculous claims. I get that's, you know, like you said, I get that's how you become big in this world now, but if that's how you have to do it and just talk blatant nonsense constantly, then I don't want that either. So I'm not going to give him any time, to be honest. All right. So besides that, we've gotten through the news. Oh, Giants training camp starting, what, July 20? Yes, July 27th, I think. Yeah, next week's episode will be our pre-training camp 53-man roster. Prediction. So that'll be that'll be our uh, – and then we'll obviously, like, you know, I don't I don't know. Maybe we'll do something fun like I, – I don't know. I'm just spitballing ideas. But, like, after that uh, fan fest, maybe we see it with our own eyes. The players that impressed most during the fan fest or something would be kind of like a fun episode. Yeah, I mean, that would have to be two weeks after training camp starts because that's August 11th. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I don't know, maybe after the, I mean, after it, after that, after we uh, go to the fan fest, I'm sure we'll do an episode talking about everything. Um, you know, in case anyone didn't go, but yeah. Um, all right, let's continue. All right. So what, you know, you probably clicked on for the title or whatever it was, whatever Alex titles it, I'm sure it'll be either in the description or in the title, our top 10 giants that we have witnessed, um, you know, growing up and who we really like of our time. Um, I guess we go 10 to 1. I want to run through this as, I wouldn't say as quick as possible, but, you know, maybe do the in-depth stuff after because I do have some special mentions as well that I want to get to. But number 10, Alex, you're going to go in 10 to 1, right? I think we go 10 to 1, move down the list. Yeah, 10 to 1. I have one special mention, and that's it. Oh, I have a few. Um, But, yeah, we'll have to see. Let's just go through our 10. So 10 to 1, starting off at number 10, I have Snacks Harrison. Um, This guy was a beast. For the New York Giants, obviously Snacks, the nickname, just in general. When you're a D lineman and your nickname is Snacks, I think that just shows how fun of a player you are. So growing up for me, actually in the more more recent years, uh, he was a player I really liked watching uh, and looking up to as, as a fan. So for me, my number 10, it's kind of an interesting one. Spend a lot of different years at a whole bunch of different teams. Spend four solid years at the Giants. I'm going to go with Dominique Rogers-Cromartie. Um, I always loved him. I know he ended up with Washington before he, you know, stopped playing or mostly stopped playing. Um, but first time in the Giants, I always enjoyed watching him. Um, and I thought he was always a solid cornerback. Maybe not for the Giants always, but he was always a fun guy to watch. And I just enjoyed him. I, You know, I don't really have to have reasoning for these, right? These are my favorite. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that's my number 10. Now, I guess I'll do number nine, too. Um, so for my number nine, I'm going to have Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, I know this is kind of a weird one. He just left. I know it's really sad. Dalvin Tomlinson, one of my favorite giants. I just like him as a person, uh, you know, just following him on social media. I just really liked, you know, how he carried himself. And I obviously really liked how he played on the field as well. You know, very sad that he left, but he's my number nine. My number nine player is Janoris Jenkins. Now, some people are going to disagree. Alex, do you disagree? I Like, I don't know if. There, there's one player who I'm gonna be mad if Josh has on his list. That's not one of okay. them. Also. Yeah, I was about to, I was about to mention that. Yeah, you texted me before recording it. There's one player, Josh, that I want on, you know, on your list. And if you have them, I'm gonna be upset. So I'm waiting to see if I get to that point. Uh, but besides that, Janoris Jenkins, I feel like a lot of people complain about him. Although, if you don't remember, for the people who don't remember, because I'm sure you don't, in 2016, in one of the three years that he spent with the Giants, or I think four years, 
he made the Pro Bowl. So, I mean, if that shows anything, I don't know. But I, I thought that he was a pretty good player. And again, when watching in the limited time that we've been alive, I would say that he's been a pretty good player. And uh, that moves to my number eight spot. And yes, I know it's only been one year that's been the really big one. Is it is it Saquon, Alex? I'm not going to say is it every single time before I go uh, onto the player. Like, is that the one you're not going to like? Number eight for me is Saquon. Yes, it's, all, it's the top 10 of since, you know, whatever I've been watching since 2011 or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I would say Saquon makes it in my top 10 for how good he was that first season. All right. So for me, number eight, this is purely, you know, out of respect for the offensive line, out of a joke from my childhood, David Deal. Um, I'm going to have him. It was it was funny because I, when I was little, I don't know if I've said, I probably have said this, but I called him David Deli because, you know, I was little. I didn't know what to say. Um, and I always thought that was his name until literally about five years ago. Um, so that's really funny. Really one of the main things just was, you know, a great offensive lineman for the Giants and I really liked him. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Don't tell me that was five years ago, Alex. You found that out within the last 12 months. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Yep. Um, that was maybe like when we... It was, it was a few years ago because I do remember mm-hmm. watching... I watch. <laughs> I do remember watching a show once or watching like the post game or something and he was on it and I was like, and I was like, oh, look, it's David Daly. And then he's like, here we have David Deal. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> that had to be like within the last 12 months that you found. That, it, was, it was a couple years ago. Okay, sure. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Give me Can the I do seven and six? Is that okay? Yeah. Seven, sure. Landon Collins. Um, I don't know what else to say. I, the safety that we had of Landon Collins, I was upset that we let him go, uh, especially to Washington and NFC East rival. Although it wasn't the worst that he could have gone, but I liked him as a player. I'm sure Alex, you could agree as, you know, we were kind of growing up around the same time of when he was really good. And then Orleans Dark was number six. I know Justin, um, our friend Justin Pennick from Talking Giants really has a, you know, I, I can't tell if he really liked him or if it's just like funny how he talks about him, but I think he did really have a, a, a genuine love for the player of Orleans Darkwa. And he always stepped in when he was called upon as the third or fourth running back and mostly stepped up and got a, you know, he pushed for those yards, right? It was a Brandon Jacobs, I feel like, type of running back to compare him to someone, maybe like an Adrian Peterson. I don't know. Um, but yeah, seven and six, Landon Collins and Orleans Darkwood comes in on my number six, just before my top five. All right. So for my number seven, I'm going to have Akeem Nix. Just a great wide receiver for the Giants. Obviously kind of took over once Plaxico left. Plaxico a little bit before my time, or at least, you know, enough that I can't really remember. Great wide receiver for the Giants and a more modern wide receiver for the Giants that I also really enjoy. Sterling Shepard at me, uh, for me at number six. I don't really know how to explain myself with this one. Sterling Shepard's always been a solid wide receiver, bar his injuries. I always felt, you know, he never got the fair slice of the apple. Uh, for the Giants, you know, he was kind of sitting behind uh, Odell before he, you know, in his rookie year and in his earlier years with the Giants. And then obviously he had one year where he kind of was the head. He had some injury issues. And then obviously Kenny Galladay is coming now. So never really got his fair shot. But Sterling Shepard, I thought, is one of my favorite Giants um, that I've watched. And I'll do number five now. Number five for me is Saquon. Um, I know it's only like one year of full action. A couple of half years. I just love Saquon, man. So five, he's number five for me. You know, I, 
I don't I don't know. That's it. So to crack my top five, I'm not going to lie. Um, this player I saw a little bit of their later years when I've really got into Giants football more. I did. I missed um, his early 2000s days, 2008, his Pro Bowl and um, All-Pro year, and in 2010 when he made it to the Pro Bowl or selected for the Pro Bowl. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know why I'm like saying this is debatable because it's like I am doing it myself. Uh, Justin Tuck. Top five. He's got to be number five. He's got to be in there. As much as I didn't, I was able to see his highlights and also the early, uh, you know, times where I was Giants fan from 2011, 2012, and 2013. Um, he wasn't as solid or really good as he was in those early 2000s years, especially with the first Super Bowl in 2007. But I, I still think he cracks the top five. Number four, Alex, is this who you're talking about? Because I know you have a hatred towards him. Is it the man, Odell Beckham? Yep. Yep. Oh. Are you do you not have him in your top 10? Nope. Are you Oh my god, I understand you have hatred towards the guy, but you cannot tell me you did not I don't have Landon Collins because he talks shit about the Giants. Players that leave and don't just and don't respect the franchise after they leave, they're oh done. Oh my god. Odell Beckham, Landon Collins, they're done. We are talking about our top 10 most favorite Giants watching them. You didn't have and a- Odell Beckham never. I never liked Odell Beckham because he was a sore ass person. You never enjoyed like, watching him. He was a loser. Did you ever enjoy watching him? That's not the question. Answer the question. Did I enjoy what isn't? It's my favorite Giants that I've watched. Yes. And he's not my favorite Giant that I've watched. He's not in my top ten. Right, let me talk about him. Sorry. It's not based off it because it's not. It's the Giants I've watched. It's not who's the best Giants in terms like. Did I enjoy his catch against the Cowboys? Of course I did. But if it was for, but that was probably one of the few moments. His whole fiasco in Carolina where he kept pushing Josh Norman constantly. I didn't enjoy that. You're carrying around hatred, Alex. I don't care. He said crap about the Giants and I'm never going to forget him He said shit about the Giants. I'm not going to put Alex, mute yourself. Literally should be number one for most of us. I'm putting him number four out of respect for you so and me because I don't get yelled at. But let me go through these seasons, Alex, and see if you enjoy maybe one of them, okay? 2014, 15, 16, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, selected to the Pro Bowl years. 1,305 yards, 2014, 12 touchdowns. 1,450 yards, 2015, 13 touchdowns. 1,360 yards, 10 touchdowns in 2016. And in his final year with the Giants, he had 1,052 yards. In 2015, probably his best season um, in the NFL, he had 15 yards per catch. And I don't know how you cannot have him in your top 10, let alone top five, top three. Because oh. he's a traitor. Oh <laughs> he my is a traitor. God, this is not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get like way too pissed about this. So we're going to have to move on eventually. He, he is not a person. He. Ask me five years ago, maybe, I can't believe that. but not right I now. I can't believe you. I can't believe you. I, 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 I will never have him in my. He's not even in my top fifty. He's my least favorite giant. Of oh all. my! That's a humongous statement you're making. He's your behind Eric Flowers and Eli Apple. <laughs> and that's the thing, though. They were just bad players. Odell's a, a like when he's fully healthy, a magnificent, fantastic player on the field. I just, I just don't understand. I was His ego stopped him. That's why he's not good elsewhere. How, he was he, he's struggling with injuries. He's does like he's just not. Oh my god, I can't. 
I, I hate you're enough. You're that. that's enough. Thank you. Okay, you're enough. That's what I said. Um, but yeah, so like when he came into the league, I was eight or nine years old at that point, 2014, and just teared up the league. His highlight reels, the way he moved on the field, going from right to left, juking out players, the quickness. How can an eight or nine, ten year old, eleven year old kid? to, you know, at the extent he was with the Giants for how long. Um, just an unbelievable player when watching him fully healthy on the field. Yes, I know the backlash. Yes, I understand all of that. But what we're talking about most enjoyable players to watch, oh my God, Odell Beckham was like amazing on the field. Um, and you can't deny that. Alex, don't even say one more comment. I swear to God. But it's not It's not what's the your favorite player to watch. It's your favorite Giants that you have watched. Okay. There's a difference. Okay. He's still there. I'm not changing. What are you going to – I mean, I'm not changing who I – I'm not making you change it. I'm just making my position extremely clear. Okay. And I've already made mine extremely clear, okay? Um. All right. So, you know what? We'll move on to number three, and that is a player that Alex might yell at me about a little bit and Giants fans, Eli Manning. We saw Eli Manning at his later years when he was struggling, when Giants fans were putting him under pressure. We did not see him in the two Super Bowls, or at least I did not. I know, Alex, you said, because you're like almost a year older than me, like 10 months older than me. You sort of remember a little bit the 2011 Super Bowl. I don't whatsoever, and I'm not going to lie like I do. When I started watching Giants games, it was after the Super Bowl because I was a bandwagon, and my father said they won the Super Bowl, and I'm like, oh, they're probably good. Let me start watching them. So... You know, that's where I that's where I come from there. So he he was selected to the Pro Bowl in 2012. I like don't remember that season. He was selected in 2015. Now as I I think that was the season that we made it to the to the playoffs and lost to Green Bay. Um if I'm correct, I think that was 2015, right? Boat trip, Odell, thinking he's cool. Uh with Justin Bieber. Let me see. I gotta I gotta figure this out. Giants playoff history. One of his shining moments. Are, are you going to make a comment on that? Yes, right? It was 2015? Or your... I think it was 2015, right? The, the iconic boat picture. Right? 26. Oh, it was about? 2016, actually. 2016. Yep, 2016. Okay, 2016. So Eli was actually yeah. selected to the Pro Bowl in 2015. Listen, just the memories that I remember from Eli Manning, most of them were negative. It was probably my dad just yelling at Eli, um, you know, at the TV. Yeah. But uh, besides that, what a great player Eli Manning was. Uh, and obviously, we are going to the game once again, not to gloat, but uh, you know the Ring of Honor ceremony, and we'll be excited to watch that. So Eli Manning cracks my top three at number three. Alex, can I just run through my last two? Is that okay? No, you cannot. No, you cannot. You have to save them. Because I haven't done four or three. And I also have to make a comment. The disrespect to Eli Manning is just hurtful. Um, that's all I'm going to say. But it is your list. Yeah, so you and he'll be number one on your list, I'm sure. And and also what I would say is I, I was I watched that whole Super Bowl run. I started supporting the Giants in that season, like the, the season before. Um, or that's the Super Bowl winning season, the beginning of the season. So I remember what he did in that whole playoff run. So I have to have him higher. So you, you you're telling me you remember your seven year old self yep. remembering like Yep, I remember every moment of that Super Bowl. I remember the Mario Manningham catch. I remember when Ahmad Bradshaw didn't know whether to go into the end zone or not. I remember I was screaming at him because I had no idea what was happening. I was like, why aren't you running in? And then I remember the Hail Mary that felt like it was in the air forever. I remember the Green Bay Packers in the championship game. I remember 
I believe it was the 49ers, right? I remember the Cowboys last game of the season. I remember all those games. Right, you don't have, again, um, you don't have to brag. Like, we get it. Like, I'm not bragging. I'm just, like, pointing it out. I remember the 2016 season with the Green Bay Packers, but, like, and just, like, an awful, awful, awful performance. Oh, my God. We're not going to talk about No. That. But for me, number four. You just did it Prince again. You just did it again. I know. I can't stop saying for me. For me. Because it is for me. It's not for everyone. It's for me. But I have, at number four, Prince Amukamara, spent pretty much four years at the Giants, starting in 2011 with that Super Bowl season, stayed until 2015. One of my favorite players. Never really was that big of a contributor, to be honest. Um, definitely had his moments, for sure. I just really loved him. I loved – I always would say his name. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I, it's again one of those ones that's just not you know there's no reason for it just liked him as a player and always would talk about him big fan of Prince of Mukamara. for me number three can't believe I just said for me again number three Ahmad Bradshaw another player that I just love uh it's just you know he was he was just like a I don't know he was just a special player in my heart wasn't the most talented running back but always ran hard uh, ran hard for the Giants, and I really appreciated that as a fan. And for my number two, I've cheated, okay? Josh, I'm sorry to say I've cheated, what? okay? I've cheated. I have not done a two and one. I've done a one A and a one B. Well, my – okay, if you don't have – I think we might have the same one and two because both of these players that I have down you have not said yet, but let's see if we have two different ones. I'm interested. Well, I obviously have Eli Manning as one. Oh, my. Okay. Eli Manning is one A. Actually, I don't know why I'm complaining about that. That's perfectly fine. It's just we had two different relationships. You really loved Eli Manning. I thought he was, like, just okay because what I remember, it was my father screaming at the TV when he failed in game. Sorry. (laughs) And Victor Cruz, one A and one B. Holy crap. Okay, so. And I cannot decide because Victor Cruz, there's so many mixed memories. I like Victor Cruz better as a player because he was more flashy. I love the salsa dance, et cetera. I danced to it, whatever. But Eli Manning, out of respect for what he did, it's a complicated one. I couldn't make up my mind and I couldn't hurt either of their feelings if they're somehow listening to this. <laughs> uh, if they're somehow listening to this. I'm trying to pull it up. Alex, They're 1A and 1B. They're equal at number one. They share the number one spot. Alex, have you ever heard this, the, the podcast with – Oh my god! I'm confused. Though who do you have it to? Because if you have Victor Cruz, and then who's the other one? That's what I'm confused. All right. About. So, so, wait. Meet yourself, Danny Alex. Dimes? It's it's echoing. There you go. Thank you. Sorry. Many times. Imagine after all the hatred. No, I'm surprised you forgot about JPP. Um, for me, like he was. Oh, see, I just said for me, but JPP was one of my like really favorite players growing up. Uh, I just, I really enjoyed him. I like JPP. Like, that's a great nickname to me uh, for some reason. Obviously, in 2011, when they won the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, first team All-Pro, also was uh, in the Pro Bowl once again in 2012. And that guy, I just really loved when he got to the quarterback. In 2014, he had 12 and a half sacks. 2016, he had seven. 2017, he had eight and a half with the Giants. Um, and he had a good amount of tackles as well. Tackles for loss is a big thing with him. I just really, really loved. Um, I just really, really loved J- Jason Pierre-Paul, and that leads to number one, which um, I'm trying to find it right now. Um, but that that leads to my number one of 
Victor Cruz. Yes, we we both love the salsa dance. That's who we grew up with. Yes, I know he didn't have you know the best few seasons, the most that you would really hope from a player. I, I can't find this. This is so annoying. Um, the salsa dance in the Super Bowl is probably one of the best moments, or is the best moment that I had as a football fan. I would say. Yeah, I mean, well, because we're like young kids who were you know we were stupid. We're, we like dancing. We were stupid young six and seven year olds that loved dancing, and that was that was what we did. Um, but here, wait, let me see. Alex, do you know about the? Did I tell you about this pod, the podcast I did with him? Oh yeah, so yeah, Josh did like a podcast with him when he was little, right? When you were in, like a fifth grader. So yeah, podcast has been in my blood, Alex. Like I don't think you under- podcast was in your blood. I don't think you understand. Um, you didn't actually like sit there with him. I though, did, right? wasn't it? I did. Well, you were sitting there so, right next to him. All right, huh? so backstory. Look at this story time. Um, story time. So this is obviously one of the reasons uh, I was a huge, huge Victor Cruz fan. Um, so flashback to i think it's third grade right so another seven eight year old josh um in new york city and at i don't know if anyone listens from the city but if you go to in new york city there's like wellness in the schools um which is a big thing and eating healthy is like a big thing in elementary schools they really want to prioritize that it's a good message you know not got nothing wrong with it but uh basically victor cruz i guess i should i should have nothing wrong with it i loved it because victor cruz was one of the speakers to talk about eating healthy and you know what you know what better person to come in it's a great idea than have victor cruz a football player talk about how to eat healthy and you know you know treat your body right and stuff like that so he came in and he came to talk and somehow i don't know how i guess uh there was an after school program a podcasting after school program that i did with my a uh, computer teacher in elementary school. And somehow I knew the, a person who knew a person who knew he, you know, he, there, it was one of those situations and he set up a five, 10, 15, whatever minute interview with Victor Cruz um, for our podcast for the after school program. So Victor Cruz came in the art room. That's where we set it up. We had the mic set up and everything. And he sat down and talked with him face to face with the headphones on and everything. Um, took a picture with him. My cousin at the time, who, you know, if you don't know already, I think we talked about it on the podcast, maybe, makes our logos, wonderful logos. So thank you, Ross, for that. Um, but my cousin at the time was just starting out. He was in early stages of high school, but he actually made a graphic of Victor Cruz when he was like really good at the time uh, in front of the New York City skyline. Um, so I brought in two copies for Victor Cruz to sign, gave one to my cousin, and I still have one. If you check out the stream yards, I don't know if you can see it. I'm turning my head, so I don't know because I'm looking at it. Um, oh, wait. It's not hanging in my room anymore. It used to be hanging in my room. I don't know where it is, but it's a picture of it's a picture of me and Victor Cruz and then like the bottom right corner. It's the picture of the uh, thing that he signed, the graphic, um, and he signed it. And the thing is, though, Alex, the recording was like really bad because there was a bunch of people in the room that it wasn't silent enough, so I re-recorded it. Um, uh, like after the fact. So it doesn't sound like I'm in the room with him, but yeah, uh, 100% was in the room with Victor Cruz talked with him. I can't believe I didn't screen record this or don't have this saved somewhere. And I can't find the podcast and maybe it doesn't exist anymore. If it does exist, I think we, we have something here. Episode 150. Can we play the five-year-old, six-year-old, whatever, eight-year-old. I want to play it right now. I'm like really upset right now. Okay, you, can't, you can't 
give it to the people like that. You need to have something to hold on no, to. I wanna. I really want to. I'm really upset right now because if it's like not, I, I've listened to like a minute of it, and let's just say, you know, it, it's a normal eight year old interviewing someone who's like their hero. Basically. So can I remember this? Because uh, I well, I think I sounded better in the moment, Alex, but like. You know, my computer teacher emailed me the questions that I was re- reading off of at the time, and I re-recorded them in my living room, right? Because it was the afternoon after he emailed me or whatever and said, Josh, you need to re-record it. And I remember this is like one of my questions. I was like, uh, he, he it was fuel up to play 60. That's what it's called. Play 60. That's still a thing I think today. Um, and I was like, can you please tell us what fuel up to play? I said in like the weirdest phrasing possible. Um, I was like, can you please tell us what Fuel Up to Play 60 is all about? And that was like the first thing um, that I talked about with him on there. Um, I'm so sorry. Alex, can you like take this for a little bit? I want to just see if I can find it. If I can't find it, then we give up. But like I try to find it at another date. You know what? You know, we can just you can find it for maybe maybe next episode. We'll have it. Maybe next episode. I don't know, right? I, it's like it's not a rush for this episode. The story has been told, and now we can attract people to come back with a Victor Cruz interview. We can even title it "Interview with Victor Cruz." Well, clickbait. <laughs> clickbait. What I can play is there was a little video, and it was poorly edited to where I'm saying um, I was yelled at in the hallway. I guess. Um, but it was like Victor Cruz visits PS84 and I'm like, and like someone saying, can you go somewhere or whatever? Like to, to, to me. And I was like, yes, but like, it, it's weird here. Let me find it. I'll find it right now. I'm in the video. Um, so yeah, you can look this up, but. Oh, oh, so you're actually, you can look it up online. Yeah, you can oh, look up. Right. It's on YouTube. I just need to find, I'm like, the woman's like, are do you need to be somewhere? And I'm like, Yes. It's like a one-second clip. Let me see if I can find it. All right. It'll be like the sneak peek preview. To I, if we I can can't find it. it. I'm really upset right now. I really hope it's not like yeah, but I think we'll be able to find it because you found it before. I need to email my uh, teacher from – Yeah, we can, we can email and then we'll maybe – Yeah, and I haven't told him, by the way, that we started these podcasts. I've been like waiting yeah. to tell him. He'll be so It'll happy be for me. Fan. Oh, here it is. Oh, my God. I, got, I have <laughs> to post this picture on Twitter. It's me wearing a Victor Cruz shirt, like a knockoff one. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you supposed to be? Yeah. That's how I answered. So it was like poorly edited or something. Did you hear any of that or am I just? I did hear it, but in no context whatsoever. It's just you saying, yeah, to you need to be. Yeah. It's saying, where are you supposed to be? And I say, yeah. So it was obviously poorly edited. Um. Or you just said yeah and didn't understand the question. That's also another. That that could also be a possibility. I wonder. <laughs> I'm gonna take a screenshot of that. Um, and then. What is your profile picture? Maybe I should. Wait. Let me let me make sure. Oh my. Yeah. All right. Let Let's end this episode here because we're already past fifty minutes okay. now. Well, we thank you so much for listening to the Giant Take podcast. You can subscribe. Please drop us five stars rating review. We're sorry we got a little lost here at the end. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's about it. And, um, follow Alex on Twitter at Josh at a 23. That's my Twitter. Follow me at Josh 29, follow us at the giant take pod. And we really appreciate you listening. Alex, is there anything else? Cause I kind of just ran through that outro extremely quickly. Um, not really else. I think that's pretty much it. Um, next week 
the pre-training camp 53-man roster. Look forward to that. Maybe some of Josh's interview with Victor nope. Cruz. Probably not. But if so, it'll be in the title, so we get clickbait. But thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.